Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 119 which is called How We the People Can Change the World. So thank you all for tuning in for today's latest episode and before we get stuck in to today's uh, conversation I just need to add a disclaimer because obviously with a title like how we we the people can change the world it does sound rather grandiose I think you'll agree and perhaps sounds like something from a promo material for the Church of Scientology or Jehovah's Witnesses perhaps but no you can be um, reassured that uh, in my absence for the last month I haven't uh, joined either of these organisations um, so you'll be relieved about that. So anyway, what I want to talk about today is really just some sort of um, simple techniques and things that we can do as individuals um, to improve the world. Um, uh, and that means that I'm not going to be talking about political revolutions or cultural tra- change or um, sort of social movements or anything like that. I'm just going to be talking about things that we can do as individuals uh, because obviously um, they, what we do as individuals is intimately linked um, to the external world and how we can improve uh, the external world. So I also um, think it's important to realise that we are living now in a new spiritual reality, which I think we're all well aware of now, and that's providing certain challenges and opportunities right now, and I've spoken about this course before, on Discerning Consciousness podcast whilst talking about um, the Celestine Prophecy and the teachings of the Celestine Prophecy. So anyway, we'll get stuck into today's particular episode. So right now, I think there is, obviously, you may well be aware of it, a lot of sort of pessimism in the uh, truth conspiracy uh, alternative media or environment, whatever you want to call it. And today, this is just my attempt to redress the balance and shine a bit of light into the dark shadows, because um, we're hearing a lot about impending economic doom, doom, sorry, and potential famine, or at least food shortages. And we know, and we are experiencing uh, increases in prices and inflation. And also, on the other hand, we have rumours of you know World War Three, and the West is continually trying to provoke. Uh, Russia into some kind of response which would trigger World War Three, And then of course on the flip side, uh, as you know, I'm also interested in the New Age and uh, spiritu- spirituality and things like the Ascension Movement. And there's sort of, there's uh, claims that we're currently living, already living in the Golden Era. The Golden Era has arrived, if you like, on the planet. Uh, but we haven't apparently raised our energy or consciousness or frequency, if you prefer, to the sufficient level in order to um, benefit benefit from that development. And of course, there are many people who are pushing their programs and uh, teachings. And uh, obviously, if you um, if you pay them a few shekels or dollars or pounds, <laughs> you know they will avail you of how to empower yourself at this time. So I know it's just a little bit of a crass oversimplification, but hopefully you'll get my point about this sort of polarity at the moment uh, within the alternative media where we've got doom on the one hand and, you know, uh, love, light, bliss, nymphs and newts on the other hand. So today, as always, I'm attempting to just chart a middle course 
between this polarity in order that we can feel just a wee bit, just a small bit more empowered um, during these crazy and intense times because I think you'll, you'll agree um, it is really uh, difficult to remain um, centered and uh, to remain to remain balanced. So the first point I want to make in terms of how we the people can change the world is something as I said at the start you're probably well aware of but I think we often dismiss uh, because we find it maybe a little bit cheesy or a little bit corny and that's this idea of how we can be in service to others or of course being in service being off service to others I should say sorry because um, it's well known this always leads to the greatest good for the many and uh, it is often well worth asking ourselves, how can I be of service? And, you know, it can be very small gestures, such as picking up litter or trash when you're walking in your um, local environment. Because I often find small gestures are better than huge, grandiose gestures or displays of charity. Because, uh, as we know, in this woke era, a lot of that is not necessarily genuine and often hides, uh, it's often hiding a, a, an agenda and of course we've seen how a lot of these um, the huge relief agencies and charities um, operate and uh, it's more about where it's more about sponsorship and deals and raising the profile of charities who can who actually have questionable track records and through financial mismanagement and, and irregularities and things like that I think in terms of this idea of being of service and charity, I think we also what we've seen with the current situation here in Ukraine uh, on the UK mainstream media is this idea of telescopic philanthropy, get my teeth in, not an easy word to say that one, philanthropy, where people are opening up their homes to try and wel um, welcome in Ukra Ukrainian refugees. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't help people in foreign shores uh, from far far away places but I'd really do think the charity begins at home and we should be giving our time and attention um, to those in need uh, closer to home whether that's a friend or relative and um, you know this is a very common way we can be in service to others and of course it's often helpful not necessarily to expect anything in return uh, you know, or going on social media, proclaiming how wonderful you are because you've helped at the local bazaar or the local um, church fete at the cookie store or something. You know, it's always about um, downplaying what you do. You know, you're, the ways in which you are being of service to others. I think that's um, I think that's a very important, um, very important uh, component of that. So just moving on to a second point I want to make really in today's um, episode is, and there's something that I've um, been ch trying to tune into quite a lot recently, and this is this idea about how our presence impacts other people, or the impact of our energetic presence, I should say, uh, and ensuring that we don't um, leave um, a negative legacy or we don't take and it could be from a social situation or, or it might be uh, perhaps like um, an ancient or historic site or location like here in the UK uh, Avebury or Stonehenge or maybe significant energetic ley lines and that's why often um, 
we're encouraged to leave a small gift. It might be a pebble, it might be a flower when visiting these types of locations. Because it means that when we leave, you know, we're leaving, we're leaving the site replenished, we're not taking. And also it's a way in which we can honour the spirits of the, of the land by leaving um, a gift. Also, um, it's about how we can inspire people people simply by our energetic presence that radiates out. And that's also something else that I've been uh, were, uh, trying to kind of um, incorporate in my day-to-day life when I'm, when I'm out. Because, of course, when we do embody this idea of how can I be of service to others, it's about radiating our energy. It's about trying to kind of minimize that that sort of very narrow-minded frame of mind we can get into when we're feeling grumpy a little bit depressed low on energy and we go into situations and we think well it's all about me or that person annoyed me that person pissed me off why didn't that person understand what I was saying so but if we go into situations that are fresh and new you know trying to radiate our energy and sometimes it doesn't even mean that we have to speak words it can just be a smile or just our positivity or just our energetic presence that radiates out that can inspire people and I know again these might be seen this might be seen to be a bit twee a bit cheesy a bit corny as we say here in the UK but you know as I'm as I'm reminding myself I'm reminding you guys as well because it's always worth it's always worth uh, taking account of these and, and not dismissing them. Because I think what happens when we get focused on the bigger picture of what's going in the world, we think, well, why would I even bother, um, you know, focusing on these things? There's also this kind of rule or law as well that says that um, other people who radiate at the same frequency as us or who resonate in the same state of being, we will then experience a mutual sense of affinity. Uh, and kinship and I've had this a few times and it's really uh, it's amazing when you do experience it and it doesn't necessarily have to be at the ashram or the Buddhist temple or you know wherever at Mount Shasta or like I said at Avebury it, it could be just at your local bus stop or you know just walking down the high street you can you can experience that in, in a moment and uh, yeah it can be uh, I think it can be all too easy to lose sight of the profound impact that our presence has upon other people in our in our company and that doesn't it can be it it often doesn't take effect until long after we've um long after we parted company um but sometimes a small seed has been planted nonetheless so what i mean by that it might be that you've uh, had a conversation with someone you've made a point and then maybe a few weeks, a few months or a few years down the line, that seed that you planted in their mind comes to fruition. And they might not remember the uh, the genesis of that conversation or who it was that planted that seed, but it it could lead them, you know, on to uh, going, uh, going on a specific journey in life or, or taking specific measures that help to improve and expand their consciousness. And it might just be a word or a look or a phrase that you that you used at that time and uh, yeah again it's about recognizing the importance that our presence has and and not to just dismiss it as being oh this is all new age guff you know this is new age nonsense it really is just just the power of a smile I know myself just um, when I walk to the forest here to do the recordings I always try to make sure 
that I smile at people and say hello. And the thing is also to remember that quite a lot of us are locked into our own heads, so we don't necessarily react favourably. But it certainly is one way in which we can help help uplift ourselves and others. And of course, that's one small way in which we can um, that we can help to uh, help to change the world at this time. Because linked to this, just moving on now, I think you'll agree with me that, you know, um, we do live in an extremely kind of self-absorbed narcissistic culture. And I think that does apply to the alternative arena as well. Those of us who are trying to cultivate an existence outside consensus reality, outside of the hive mind, or as some say, outside of the matrix, uh, trying to live consciously. And yeah, it can be all too easy to to get lost in sort of sense of uh, self-obsession or self-absorption uh, as well. And um, what we're seeing is the process, I've heard someone say online, is almost like the therapeutization of society. So we begin, we begin to see everything through a sort of therapeutic lens, you know, psychological therapies, person-centered therapies. And of course, there's a double-edged sword again, because we need to... Uh, it's necessary for us to locate and solve our emotional wounds and uh, traumas and scarring and delve right into that. But but there is a tendency for us then to view everything in life through a very narrow frame. And it's uh, almost as if um, we'll go into, you know, perhaps uh, a situation at work, a meeting, Maybe we'll be meeting friends. Maybe it's just hanging out with our friends, relatives or with our partner or husband or wife. And we uh, we tend to see things through, you know, how how this situation or how this person, how do they serve my needs? How do they serve my needs? And that's always sort of front and centre. And I think that, the you know, and I've, I've been guilty of this as much as anyone else, perhaps you guys as well. Uh, and that's... You know, it means we can become extremely judgmental and forgiving towards others. And of course, by the same token, you know, we don't want to flip to the other side of the coin or the other side uh, of the polarity uh, and, you know, play the role of a victim, a stupid saint and have weak, you know, and very porous boundaries. We, you know, it's, we need to also learn the value of saying no sometimes and cutting off from people that are toxic. So, yeah, as with everything in life, you know, we need to make sure that our needs are being met, but not at the expense um, of other people. And we need to attend to them ourselves through acts of self-love, which is often extremely easy to forget when life gets stressful and when we feel needy. And, of course, then it's very uh, difficult to be in service uh, to others uh, because, of course... um, often when our energy levels are low can be very difficult to find to find the motivation so yeah that's something to just be to be aware of i think also thanks to social media and the internet world and the fact that now any commercial exchange you get involved in you'll have to follow up email or text and it's rate our service was it good bad indifferent thumbs up thumb down we live in a sort of society and culture that's very driven towards narcissism and how we how we respond, how we react, how was it for us, you know, that horrible phrase, because I'm worth it. And I think if we fall into that too much, and that sort of psychological 
way in which we analyse everything, which I think for intelligence-sensitive people, that's kind of what we tend to do. Um, that can become a sort of barrier or an impediment to help helping to change the world because we can, there is a danger in which we kind of sort of um, can disappear up our own backside for want of a better phrase. Pa pardon me for being a bit crude there. And I think society and culture, um, society and culture does encourage us to do that in many ways. Now, of course, um, for many of us who are endeavouring to walk the path, um, to be a genuine spiritual warrior, uh, I think we, we all have pretensions to that. I know I do, but um, I often have days where I let myself down and I don't act in a very uh, warrior-type way. And of course, the toughest challenge for the spiritual warrior, uh, those of us walking the path, walking the razor's edge, um, can is can we be selfless when we're under extreme pressure or perhaps say as I was just saying about being low energy which normally means being sick of course and I know this is where I often trip myself up but you know when we're in a bad place and uh, emotionally every fiber of our being wants to withdraw from society when we're really struggling you know perhaps our um, what's the word our, our darker side is winning you know, the little monkey on the shoulder, the negative voice is is, is prevailing over the more positive voice. Um, I believe that the mark of a, you know, a real adept or a spiritual warrior, as I've been saying, comes from the ability to draw on resources when they themselves feel depleted. And it isn't particularly hard to talk the talk, um, but very few of us can walk the walk the talk. Or walk the walk, I think it's known. I think it comes from ancient American or Hopi prophecy, that phrase. I'm not exactly sure. But it's whether we can keep pushing forward when all our emotional baggage is has risen to the surface. And I know that personally I struggle in this regard when dealing with or processing shame. That's one of the one of my particular emotional baggage that um, comes to the surface when I'm under any kind of emotional stress or trauma. And I commonly fall back into playing the victim whilst withdrawing from the world or society. And you may, may know this phrase, of course, the poor me syndrome or playing the victim. And it's common, many of us use this as a coping strategy in life. When things get difficult, and of course, um, you may be familiar with this phrase, the poor me syndrome, which uh, comes from the teachings of the uh, Celestine Prophecy, which I've spoken about at length on Discerning Consciousness, of course. And um, the other thing, of course, is that uh, something else, again, that I've experienced, so perhaps you guys have, is that um, those around us, they often view when we fall into a you know, negative behaviour pattern, um, they often view, view such behaviour in an extremely negative way, and we come across as cold, aloof, and uh, uncaring, and perhaps sort of childish or childlike in that we find it difficult to control our emotions. So the secret to overcoming such a syndrome or falling into this emotional uh, baggage is to rec recognise the signs when we're falling into the pattern, this particular pattern of behaviour. It could be bodily sensations uh, around things like anxiety, heart racing, sweating. So yeah, sensations in the body caused by the emotions. 
And then at least um, we can identify what, what is happening to, to us. And at the same time, making sure, you know, that we're not beating ourselves up going, oh, here we go again. Look, I'm useless. I can't cope with life. But at least if we can feel it, you know, you can feel it like a wave building. Uh, you can feel it rising inside your being. And then obviously we can tell those around us, look, you know, I'm struggling and perhaps they'll be more more sympathetic and you know of course um when we can recognize it in ourselves of course there might be ways in which we can correct it and we can sort of control it perhaps through breathing control breathing and um you know meditation and uh, and things like that but of course that's another way in which i think that we can be of service to people and which can help change the world and that's to work you know, work on our baggage, to work on our emotional, um, psychological baggage, to work on our syndrome so that when we are under stress, we are better placed to help people. We are better placed to be of service. And as I keep saying, I'm still struggling on that one because I think that is the mark of a, you know, an evolved human being. If we can, if we can share our energy when we when everything's going to shit for want of a better phrase in our own life that really is that really is um a challenge so something else again uh, this is quite a simple kind of thing that you've probably heard of before in terms of you know how we can just um incorporate little things into our daily lives to help to help people to help change the world and that's uh, this idea of pay it forward which i believe was a film uh, back in 2000 and again it's a very simple and effective mechanism for ensuring energies remain, remain dynamic and fluid rather than becoming stagnant and toxic so of course a very common example of this is if you let someone out in traffic then you'll often find that when the traffic pauses again they will the person that you've let out in traffic they will then um, let out someone else and so it goes on and so it goes on and I can't remember the details of, of the movie. I think it was something about a letter. I'm not sure that was being passed forward. It's quite an old movie now. But, you know, it's that thing about being generous, perhaps, you know, giving a few pounds or dollars to a homeless person and um, not expecting anything in return. Uh, because it isn't about duty or obligation. Um, they represent the energies of the kind of the old world, really, that we're all in the process of transforming and right now in this moment in every minute of every day really so there is perhaps more i think in some sense there's perhaps more responsibility placed upon the likes of us who understand such simple concepts and their spiritual and esoteric meaning and to 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 fully engage with them and you know perhaps uh, write down in your own notebook or your journal when you do things like this and uh, excuse the plane overhead and not turn away because of all the um, the madness of the world and just fall into cynicism. I think, you know, uh, I always try to make sure that I give a fiver, five pounds to a homeless person if I see them in my locality. And uh, as I said before, if you think about it, just picking up litter, you are that you are gifting the environment and therefore you are gifting other people and you're helping to change the world and it's not it's not like you need to get a dozen refuge sacks you know and spend your whole weekend picking up rubbish like some sort of you know amazing hero it can just be to have a little uh, 
a little plastic bag on you or if you someone like me that generally takes a rucksack around with you just to you know if you see some rubbish to just just put it in there it's just a just a small example really because um, I think when we fully integrate these kind of concepts like the idea of pay it forward uh, into our daily lives it also reminds us of the extent to which we're all interconnected um, because I think there is a danger when we're constantly focused upon the bigger picture of the world outside outside there and all the uh, external narratives which all tend to be uh, doom laden of course and negative it can make us feel overwhelmed and we forget that we each have a role in improving life on this planet uh, no action or gesture is insignificant in the grand scheme of things I think it is always um, it's always uh, important to remember that and of course this includes things like small random acts of kind kindness compliments um, just uh, as I was saying more towards the beginning of this episode just a simple smile they can all be very life affirming and making sacrifices for the benefits of others not necessarily to any great degree to any to our detriment it can be just small things because as I've said before our energetic presence is extremely powerful um, beyond belief and another point uh, I need to make is that it's easy to lose sight of our power and the magnificence of our being when we're weighed down by responsibilities and demands on our time because of course the most precious resource in modern in the modern world the modern economy is time time to do the things that help us grow and expand time to explore our passions so um, I think what happens then if we're overly laden by responsibilities and demands on our time this in turn can cause a lot of anger and resentment and frustration towards others but at the same time we do tend to internalize these emotions as well so it can be helpful i find from time to time to complete a sort of a mini uh, life review or inventory life inventory check if you like uh, taking into account our goals and priorities and what steps we're we're sincerely making towards making to reaching these goals because i think it is easy to fall back into into well traveled comfort zones if we're not um pushing ourselves forwards that's just a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a side note there but still linked i think another important principle um in terms of you know how we how we can create the greatest good and the greatest good for all uh, and so as no uh, to the detriment of no one is to always make sure that our goals uh, are bigger than just ourself um, and this is a helps is a mechanism the teaching of this is basically is because it's a mechanism to help free ourselves from the limitations of fear and we can do this by sharing with others what we have learnt about ourselves and it doesn't again doesn't have to be particularly grandiose it can be quite small things because what happens when we hold on to self-knowledge and fail to share our wisdom with others and the wider world we create this sort of sense of a it's called like a false identity which we then we then build upon and we we do everything to protect with things like um, consumer items this is how kind of so-called normies or people lost in in the system that's how they construct their false identity 
through um, through material items which they identify with so they are two and one in the same but by sharing our, our knowledge that we've gained over the years and our insights and wisdom we create more opportunities and it can be this can kind of land up being a positive feedback loop it doesn't necessarily have to be grandiose spiritual or esoteric concepts that you've learned it can just be sharing your knowledge of how to repair um, car engines or just sharing your um, skills that you might have learned DIY skills it can be anything like that it doesn't have to be like a cerebral knowledge basing it can be practical everyday things um, that we share with others which can help to create this sort of positive um, feedback loop because also sort of like it's the same as when we covet or become attached to material items then then it is said that they actually own us unless so unless we share them and of course that's kind of like how mainstream society works in the um a lot of material goods or possessions they individuals they do tend to become owned by those items because we become so attached to them so it's always about looking for the best in other people as well because uh, this also helps to improve our own self-esteem so again when we go into uh, social situations it's, um, it's about focusing on this aspect rather than the, rather than what I've done a lot in the past is you know picking out people's negative aspects or things that um, things that annoy you about them I mean, you may they may sort of come into your awareness but it's about focusing on you know the best things about a particular person you may well be uh, communicating with and of course by extension it's important you know this sort of uh, philosophy in terms of always make goals bigger than bigger than ourselves by extension you know what you want for your for yourself in the first instance seeing others and congratulate them so it might be uh, a particular business venture that you have an idea so you know obviously follow that particular person congratulate them and you know and then you can mirror what they're doing i don't mean necessarily steal their business idea but what i mean is kind of their zeal and their enthusiasm it could be a successful content creator online who has a particular who has a particular niche or niche as they say in the states i think um yeah to to sort of honor that honor their work and to to um yeah honor the work of people that you admire that isn't sycophancy that actually helps helps yourself and again uh, to, it helps others as well and it's, so that's how we can change the world uh as the world changes to to match our view, etc. So, if there are particular writers, authors, authors, sorry, content creators, or uh, speakers, or anything really, it's, don't ever be ashamed to sort of follow their work and try and integrate um, some of sort of the principles or, or ideas. Again, it's not uh, it's not about stealing their particular ideas, but what is it about them that it inspires you and then you can take that forward and then that can help to um then that can help to um inspire other people as well because of course we can create a better world by creating a better version of ourselves and i always think that it's always really uh 
beneficial to keep that in mind. Also, um, just want to talk um, about this idea of creating abundance and how that can help, you know, help ourselves, but also help change the world in a positive, uh, a positive way as well. So, in order to bring about greater abundance, as you're probably aware, we need a mindset free of a, free of attachment. Uh, and an inner knowing that all our needs are going to be met and it's not always an easy principle to implement because society teaches us the complete opposite obviously free things through financial planning pensions investments savings insurance bonds and and all the rest of it uh, it can be it can take a lot it takes a lot of bravery and trust in the universe in a in an instant or a moment to kind of shift your emphasis from societal norms which I've just spoken about to trusting that the universe will provide for all your needs uh, be it financial or, or material or otherwise by but by stop by stopping this sort of idea whereby we need to possess things what what you'll often find is I don't know if you've found this if you try, try to imp implement this kind of law or understandings they they come to us much more naturally and this also applies to people and relationships so when, when we're not grabbing at things when we're not um when we're not attached to things or or when we're not kind of like scheming or working out certain sort of psychological tricks maybe to to get that person to to like us or to love us or you know that potential lover and we often find that of course it just repels the woman or the man uh, it, you know they actually it's quite abhorrent if they feel like we actually you know we need them we're attached our happiness is tied to you know gaining their love and affection and in modern culture this is really beautifully demonstrated in the film Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell excuse that noise in the background bird and start sorry starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell of course because first of all before he grows in wisdom he uses this sort of strategy to try and almost wear her down and gain her affections and of course every time he, he he replays that evening. He tries to seduce her night after night. He manages to get into her bed. I think uh, they kiss and nothing else happens. And every time it kind of ends and she slaps him around the face. And then it keeps going on. It keeps going on. But then further into the movie, as he begins to live the kind of sort of spiritual wisdom, Buddhist type teachings. And he begins to live free from attachment. And he begins to share his gifts freely. So you'll remember... He's, he becomes an ice sculptor and he, he plays the piano and he performs. So he's bringing joy to people, sharing his skills f freely and without expectation of any return. Then um, Rita, uh, the Andy McDowell character, she naturally is draw, draw, drawn to him and just falls in love with him um, because of his sincerity and uh, and charm. And it's, yeah, it's just one of the kind of sort of quite profound spiritual teachings um, in the film Groundhog Day, which if you haven't seen, I recommend that you do. And I've watched it several times over with a note and pen, and it's, yeah, it's quite, quite a remarkable film, actually, because there's so much, there's so many teachings contained within it. That's just one about what happens, the difference between grasping and being attached to things. And when we 
naturally raise our consciousness through sincerity, through authentic, authenticity, and then the things that we desire are naturally drawn to us when we're not striving and when we're not attached to them. So yeah, uh, as with all things in life, as I just said, the key to fulfilment is living with with living with sorry sincerity and authenticity. And of course, as we know, as we saw, as you can see from the film Groundhog Day, these characteristics can never, never be faked. They can only, you know, they have to be sincere. So in terms of this idea of creating abundance, of course, one also thinks of money, which is just a form of energy, as we know. And it is important to help and serve others in any way possible, because this also allows for energy to flow and gain greater momentum and when we give and this can include money when we give without expectation of any re any return this in turn increases the flow of material wealth so it becomes like a positive um, feedback loop, loop again like the principle of pay it forward again but of course if we think of norms within modern society they encourage us to think in exactly the opposite way in that we need to accumulate and hoard money um, and that's you know that's how we advance in society and that's how we create things like uh, security uh, for, for our future and I think what's interesting is as this new as I said at the beginning as this new sort of spiritual spiritual reality um, kind of comes to the fore, bubbles up to the surface more and more within society and it's going to impact absolutely everyone on the planet irrespective of whether you are a new age or whether you're into spiritualism or not. I think, and with this sort of coming, we know that there's a big sort of economic downturn. I think that's just going to be a reality. I think more and more the universe is going to compel us to integrate these kind of teachings where we're going to have to give up on the, the old ways of accumulating and you know planning for the future because the universe literally is not going to allow it anymore that sort of paradigm is is not gonna it doesn't really have a future of course it's going to take many years and decades to play out but as the years go by i think you know it's going to become there's going to become this increasing this sort of urgency or quickening to embrace this new spiritual reality if you like and if you think of it in a kind of everyday uh terms there will be there will be sort of you will get a greater return as well in that i think that that process will speed up whereby if we do have faith and trust that the universe will provide for our sort of material needs so we can survive without planning i think that will the more we focus our energy on that the more it will become intensified and the more that will radiate out and of course that will help to to change the world and as i said i will be talking about that more in future episodes so something else i just want to pick up on in terms of how we the people can change the world and this is something that i've sort of formulated an idea that i formulated uh recently about becoming more understanding and sympathetic towards others and um you know how can we do that in a proactive uh sense in a non sort of um sort of patronizing way because i think excuse the plane overhead again uh, when we reflect upon our own lives and life history we we do come to the realization that over the years you know we've been growing we've been expanding 
through a process of coming to learn um, truths about who and what we are and how we relate to the world. And what this means is that we, that what we thought was, um, you know, the absolute truth about an event or a happening or a person, this kind of perspective it is constantly shifting. And we're all struggling, I think, and feel, to come to the ultimate truth. And because we are, sorry, come struggling to come to the ultimate truth of who and what we are, you know, we do need to realise that everyone is everyone is um, immersed in that process, whether they, you know, whether they claim to be spiritual or not. It's like we're all seeking something. You know, that's what makes us it's a universal truth. That's what makes us um, makes us human. So, just by way of example, think back to a time when you might have been in a relationship. Perhaps it was with a narcissistic, controlling type of person, and at the time when you were immersed in this um, relationship, or maybe a thing like a friendship, you might have ignored all the red flags, the gaslighting and all the crazy making and the confrontation. But it was only when you left the relationship that you were able to perceive the truth. So maybe several months or years down the line. And then we often can't believe why we were so stupid for not seeing things as they were at the time. This is because obviously as humans, we tend to perceive reality in the way that we want to see it rather than what actually is if you like so we don't necessarily we don't necessarily perceive sorry what is objective reality or or what is objective truth in a particular situation until we have the benefit of uh, hindsight and that's why i often think you know a lot of spiritual teaching self-growth personal development it is a it is an unfolding process of remembrance. That's the word I use. Remembrance, remembering really who who and what we are. And over the years, we go through many challenging life situations, and our and our perce- and our perception of what occurred during a particular event or relationship, as I was saying, changes and evolves over time. It isn't it isn't fixed. It isn't fixed. And yeah, we're all, all human beings are going through this sort of journey of misconceiving reality and the truth of events of our lives, but slowly over time coming to a truer and more objective, expansive understanding, I think. And this can help us to be, the point I want to make on this particular point is I think that this can help us to be less critical and judgmental of others. Um because I think we can be very quick to judge and slow to understand, as Rush said in one of their songs. I like that particular lyric. But it is very, very true. Uh, We often forget it, and it applies to all of us. And um, furthermore, right now, we might think, you know, we might think that we're, we're fully evolved, these fully evolved conscious spiritual beings. But, you know, I can guarantee you, and this applies to me as much as anyone else, in a few years' time, you'll reflect upon a certain aspect of your life, a situation, or like I said before, a relationship, friendship, whatever it might be, and the external world, and say to yourself, say to yourself, sorry, why did I believe that? Or why did I think that was the truth? Was I mad? So we can come to appreciate that life is constantly unfolding and changing in every single moment. And of course, this is relates to the teachings of um, Joe Marshala, um, really great spiritual teacher who I had on a guest on my show uh, about a year ago now and where he was spoken speaking about the principles in his book um, Repeatlessness 
and um, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you're not aware of Joe Marshall's work, please do check out my interview with him last. I think it was last July on Discerning Consciousness uh, podcast. And yeah, he has loads of amazing free content on his website and of course um, on YouTube as well. So yeah, um, please do go and check that out. And it's good to remember. Um, when, you know, when we're hypercritical of those, um, you know, perhaps those who we claim are asleep, the sheeple, or closed-minded, or the COVID-idiots in recent time, because they can't perceive of a reality outside of the hive mind, you, you know, you need to remember, and I see this a lot in conspiracy truther circles, and it's really, it's just not helpful because it's adding to the fragmentation of consciousness it's not adding to the harmonization of uh, consciousness, which is what we need to be working on now in order to change the world um, for the better. Because we're all on a journey of refining our consciousness. And it's just that, you know, we're all experiencing that at, at uh, vastly different speeds. I think it's, um, it's, it's very, very important to be aware of that when you do fall into the trap of, you know, being overly critical and judgmental of others so in this particular episode i just want to leave you with a very simple and yet effective mechanism uh, which really i would hope would help to create greater harmony in your life and relationships and there being of course um, help to improve not only our own quality of our own lives but of course can help to change the world as well by definition so again, you might be aware of this. This comes from a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. And basically, I'll try and keep this as succinct as possible. Human beings typically express love in five different ways, or five different expressions. And we each have a preferred expression. So first one is uh, words of encouragement. Secondly, we've got acts of service. Third one will be gifts given. Fourth will be quality time. So think of sort of a non-judgmental space akin to what would be given in sort of um, a counselling session. Something like that, but obviously within the remit of a friendship or a relationship. And lastly, physical, any form of physical uh, intimacy or sexuality. So obviously this, this system has its greatest benefit in relationships and marriages. Um, and it's a very simple an uncomplicated way to ensure that we're meeting our partner's needs and it can also minimize unnecessary conflict and heartache when we learn our partner's husband or wife's preferred expression of life um i should say expression of love <laughs> um and also when they begin in a mirror kind of context when they begin to comprehend comprehend what ours is and it also has the added benefit of but added benefit of opening up a communication channel and helping to promote mutual love and respect. So, yeah, this basically just um, to summarise, what it means is obviously um, to learn what your partner or your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever, what is their preferred? Do they respond? Do they prefer words of encouragement? Do they prefer acts of service? Do they prefer having gifts, receiving gifts? Do they just prefer being given a, um, you know, a safe space? Or do they prefer physical intimacy, things like um, 
massage and things like that and obviously sexuality as well because um, I think the problem comes is say perhaps you are a guy and you may you might have um, cleaned your girlfriend's or wife's car on the weekend and she's she's totally indifferent to that that's obviously because she's not really someone that responds to um, acts of service and what she really um, kind of responds to is perhaps you know a nice little piece of jewelry a gift given or just some quality intimate time haha <laughs> um, so again I think the beauty of these is something that you can implement in life really easily because I think quite early on in a in a relationship in an intimate relationship we think that we know our partner and we kind of put them in these little boxes often quite unfairly and often unconsciously or unknowingly I should say but yeah if you revisit this kind of understanding or teaching I, I think it could just uh, help to bring a bit of harmony to a uh, to our day-to-day -day lives and also you know just bring improve the quality of our our relationships as well so yeah maybe something that you might want to um, try out for yourselves if you haven't already done so so i think i'll round things up uh today for today's particular episode about how we the people can change the world so i've just spoken about some key pointers or principles and, and insights really about how we as individuals can change how we can become more mindful and sympathetic towards the needs of others how we can implement really quite small changes in our day-to-day -day lives and and how easy it is to um how easy it is to um to forget really to forget to just be a bit selfless and to be more giving in our day-to-day -day lives when we're focused on you know our woes at work or we're focused on the woes of the world so yeah I just thought I'd share these with you today just as a as a little bit of um little bit of a reminder and as a way in which can shine a little bit of a like little bit of illumination into uh, the darkness of these times and uh which seem to be spreading, especially in alternative media, unfortunately. So thank you all very much for your time today, for listening. I am uh, extremely grateful, as always. And uh, as always, if you have enjoyed this particular episode, if you could share it on your own social media platform and with your friends and family, that would be absolutely tremendous help to get my word out there. So thank you all again for listening, and I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye-bye for now.